give me faith to trust what you say that you're good God for this opportunity to look at the word of God. As a church, we've been going through the book of Hebrews and it has been a powerful, uh, powerful word as has been shared to us in the previous chapters. And we've been studying the series that Jesus is greater, that Jesus is better, and indeed Jesus is greater. The book of Hebrews boldly proclaims the complete supremacy and finality of Jesus Christ over every aspect of the Jewish systems, including Judaism. So the book of Hebrews has been trying to teach us the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant that has been brought to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. The author demonstrates the superiority of Jesus Christ and then continues to address the practical instructions as we are going to look at shortly from our text today which is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. As has been mentioned before by the speakers who have taken us through the previous chapters, the book of Hebrews was written to Jewish believers who had purpose to follow Jesus. And this was causing lots of persecution, lots of adversity. They were being attacked. Because of this, some of them were thinking about reverting or regressing back to the patterns of Judaism in order to avoid persecution as Christians. They were considering going back to, the, to observing the Jewish customs and laws, the Levitical priesthood. So the author encourages them, encourages them by saying this, no matter how bad your situation is, persevere. Endure. Do not abandon your faith. He shows them of the better covenant, the new covenant brought by our Lord Jesus Christ and encourages them to hold on. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 1 says, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. And so he's encouraging them and telling them, It is not time to drift away. Let us hold on, because our Lord Jesus Christ has brought a new covenant. Hallelujah. The new covenant brought by the Lord Jesus Christ is encouraging us that, yes, the old covenant had, had its laws, but Jesus has brought a new covenant. Verses 3, he tells them, how shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? Hebrews 8, 6 says, but in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to, the, to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one. Since the new covenant is established on better promises. The new covenant, my brother, my sister, is established on new on better promises. Today we are looking at Hebrews chapter 12, a wonderful portion of scripture. Hebrews chapter 12, from verses 1 to verses 13. The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us draw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, 
so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we, ha we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Last week, our sister Lydia shared with us words of encouragement from the book of Hebrews chapter 11. And she taught about faith that conquers. Today, I want us to look at faith that endures. Faith that endures. So faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So the Bible begins by saying, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And when you see a sentence or a paragraph begin with the word therefore, it means there is a connection. Therefore is actually a conjunctive adverb that can be used as a transition word. It means as a consequence, as a result, or hence. Who are these witnesses that are being mentioned in this verse? So the author begins his encouragement to the Hebrews by reminding them of the example of those who had gone before them and were commended for their faith. So if we look back at chapter 11, we realize this cloud of witnesses refers to everyone in the hall of faith. It mentions the faith of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Gideon, Rahab, Moses, Samson, David, Samuel, and the many prophets who've been mentioned in this chapter. These are men and women who faced a lot of persecution. If we read together Hebrews chapter 11, verses 35 to 38, if you'd allow me to refer to that, the Bible says, women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain even a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sold in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goats and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves, in holes in the ground. What amazes me is what verses 39 says, that these were all commended for their faith. 
Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. What a wonderful scripture that the Lord is telling us. That yes, they ran the race. They had faith in them, but none of them received their promise. Why? Because God had planned something better for you and me. So that together with them will we receive the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. We all come into the fullness of receiving God's promises and being made perfect together with the heroes of faith. Only if we run with endurance and fight the good fight of faith. One question that I was asking myself as I was looking at these heroes of faith. Did all these men and women live a perfect life? Of course not. Some were murderers. We have Rahab who was a prostitute. We have Jacob who was a liar. We have some who are adulterers. Yet they soldiered on and fought the good fight of faith to the end. My prayer and my encouragement to you who is watching me and listening to the word of God. Are you going to fight on the good fight of faith? Imagine, I would want us to imagine of the Olympic. Imagining of the great champions in our nation, such as Eliud Kipchoge, Asbel Kiprope, Ezekiel Kemboi, Vivian, David Rudisha, Kipsang, among others, who have won gold medals. And I want you to picture yourself. You are in a race. And we have these men who have gone and, and won gold medals. They are seated in a stadium. And you are in the race. You are running. And all these men are surrounding you. They are watching you as you run the race. The Kipchoges of this Kenya, they are watching you as you run the race. And I'm imagining Noah. I'm imagining Enoch and Abel. Wherever they are seated watching you, my brother and sister, as you are running this race. What would, they, what would they be doing as they look at you running the race? I'm imagining these uh, people in the Olympics, what they will be doing, these champions, what they'll be doing. They'll be cheering you and telling you, we have gone through that race and we made it. So come on, proceed and run because you can make it. And the Lord is telling us that we are also going to make it. Why? Because our heroes of faith ran the race and they made it. It continues to say, verses 2, let us draw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily enters us. And let us run the race with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. I said as I was beginning, we are talking about faith that endures. And I would love you seated wherever you are, probably in your living room or listening to me wherever you are listening this morning. I want you to repeat that again, that faith that endures. Back to the story I was mentioning about the marathoners. And the first point that I want to talk about is preparation. For you to be in a race, it requires a lot of preparation and practice. Long-distance runners work hard to build endurance and strength. And for our brethren, it is a race that requires endurance. It is a marathon. It is a long-distance race. Out of how talented our Kenyan men and women are, there is one American by the name Daniel Lieberman. He is a professor of human biology at Harvard. He spent years studying the evolution of running, including the biomechanics and physiology of children who run in rural and urban regions in Kenya. From his study, he said, 
The reason as to why Kenyans are so fast and dominant is because they train with incredible heart, motivation, and intensity without any advantages that the Americans have. That Kenyans train with an incredible heart, with motivation, and with intensity. And this is what he said, that during the race when they are running, the runner's clothes are lightweight, and most of them, most of them are lean in body to have the least amount of resistance. They do this removing everything that would hinder them from running as fast as possible. So this American guy, Mr. Daniel Lieberman, he wondered why do Kenyans perform so well when they are running? And he concluded and said they train with an incredible heart. And they also ensure that they have light body weights as they are running. And this reminded me I was brought and bred in the Rift Valley. And during these times in my younger years, I acquired a bit of some skills also in running. And so in high school, I would remember the intense training that was going on at the slopes of uh, Mount Kenya in the Meru region. We would rise up very early to go and run. We would do some intense, intense training as we did our long races, running on the mountains, waking up very early when the rest were asleep. I'm telling you, it required a lot of training, especially as you are headed to the competition. I want to suggest to you this afternoon that not everything that hinders is necessarily a sin. Some things may actually be good, but we are told let us draw everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And the question that I would want us to ask us today, what is it that is awaited in your life? Could it be the time you spend on social media where we are seeking approval and satisfaction, especially in the season that we are in when everybody is trying to listen left, right, and center? Where can I get an update or information on what is happening? And instead of connecting and listening to the voice of the Lord, sometimes we tend to listen to what social media is telling us. How I pray that we may learn to connect and desire to listen to the voice of the Lord at such a time as this. Is it attachment to our phones? Is it our friends that have kept us from moving forward? Is it the relationships in our circles of life? Is it the work or the jobs that take a lot of time and you're so busy that you cannot get time for God? I know we have lovers of football matches. Is it what is keeping us? Is it the weight that is hindering you? Are they the habits and the possessions that probably are around us? The Lord is telling us this morning, what is slowing you down? What is holding you back? What is causing you not to run the race? All these things are not necessarily bad. Yes, they may be acceptable, but the question is, are they profitable to the race of your salvation? Are they beneficial or encouraging your growth in the Lord? Or are they drifting you away and taking the time that you ought to be spending in the Lord's presence? to run the race that God has set before us. We must strip off the excess weight that slows us down. 1 Corinthians 6.12, the Bible says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I'll not be mastered by anything. And my question is probably, what has mastered you in this life? The things that I've mentioned as weights, what is it that has mastered you? And it is causing you to slow down in this race. What has trapped you in form of sin? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it lust? Do you have a lying tongue? 
Do we have pride or unforgiveness, envy or sexual immorality? What are you struggling with this afternoon even as you listen to me? My prayer for you, may we release and call on the Lord that he may give us freedom and release us from what is holding us. The Lord is here this morning to release us so that we may run this race with endurance. So that we may run this race of, uh, and fight a good fight of faith. Amen. The second thing I was talking about preparation. The second thing that I want to talk about is endurance. Endurance. And endurance is the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. A story is told about a man, about a man by the name John Stephen Aquari. He is a Tanzanian national who participated in the Mexico City Olympics in the 1968. Shortly after the race began, John had a terrible fall, hitting his head and badly injuring his knee and he endured a trampling before getting back to his knees and proceeding on. He had 40 kilometers ahead of him to go. So it is said that hours later, when medals had already been awarded and even the game's closing ceremony completed, at around 7 p.m., down the boulevard came the whine of sirens, of police sirens. The master of ceremony, because everybody was now leaving, the stadium was empty because medals had already been awarded. And it is said that the master of ceremony asked a few who had remained to take their seats. Because they now could see the, races, the race motorcycles escorting someone who was making their way to the stadium and he was moving so slowly. When he approached the finish line, the small crowd of spectators erupted in loud cheers and applause. There was a thunderous ovation that far exceeded the one given to the man who had won the race a few hours before. The response was overwhelming. And who was this coming? It was the man, John, who fell down during his race. But he decided that I'm going to stand up and continue and proceed with this race. And it is said when he reached the finish line, the medical personnel were waiting for him and they ushered him into their arms and they went to take care of him medically. So the next day, John was asked, why after sustaining the kind of injuries that uh, you continued or you proceeded to finish uh, to the finish line, knowing, of course, you could not win the race? And I love the response that was made by Mr. John Stephen Aquari. This is what he said. My country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. And my question this um, afternoon to each and every one of us, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent us and there is a race that we are running. Are we representing the kingdom of God? John Stephen Aquari was, uh, was determined to represent the, Tanz the Tanzanian uh, nas nationality and he wanted to win the race and to prove they sent me 5,000 miles, yes, even though I fell down, I'm going to rise up and proceed with the race. He endured to the end. Philippians chapter 3, 12 to 14, the Bible says, Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has already paid, laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do is forgetting those things that are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press on toward the goal for the price of the upward calling 
of God in Christ Jesus. Are we pressing on in our journey of salvation? Are we enduring? Are we pressing on, forgetting the things that may cause us to look back? Forgetting that the things that may cause us to drift away. And this is what the author was encouraging the Jewish believers. That do not drift back. Do not look back at Judaism. No, press on, press on. May we press on even in our journey of salvation. One interesting thing that I noted in that verse, it is said, the, that, that verse says that there is a race that is marked for each and every one of us. And what I would want to mention is, be careful to ensure that you run the race that is marked out for you. 2 Timothy 2.3 says, Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather he tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, Anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And the rules have been given unto us in the word of God. The rules have been given unto us on how we should run this race. And my question to us this morning, are we observing the rules that the Lord Jesus Christ has given us in, in his word? That we are supposed to be running the race, but we are not running the race. You know, when you're competing as an athlete and you're given a track to stick on, you must stick on that track. There are rules that have been given because if you don't follow the rules you're going to be disqualified my prayer this morning as we run the race as we run the race as we look to Jesus may we look at him knowing that there is a race that has been marked out for us and may we run with endurance one example I love so much from what we share was shared last Sunday uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verses 24 there is an example we are given of the man Moses the Bible says in verses 24 that he took faith for Moses to give up his place in the palace because he saw the fleeting nature of great wealth and prestige. He knew the race marked out for him, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. That Moses knew the race that was ahead of him. Moses knew that I would rather leave the pleasures and the great wealth of this palace. Yes, this is where I've been brought up. I've enjoyed the treasures in the house of Pharaoh. I've enjoyed what is in this place. But no, there is a race that has been marked out for me. And he knew if I continue staying here, I'm not going to attain what is ahead of me. Enduring faith helps us look beyond the world's value system to see the eternal values of the kingdom of God. We were told last Sunday about looking beyond the horizon. And so Moses was looking behind the horizon. And he decided, yes, I'm going to join my fellow people. Even though they are suffering and here are the palace, there are so many things that we can enjoy. But I know there is a race that has been set for me. It is time for me to move and join my people. First Corinthians 9.24, the Bible says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. And during training, it is never easy. But we require training as we run this race. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. 
And this is my prayer to each and every one of us, even who's listening to my voice. May we run the race knowing that we have our Lord Jesus Christ, that we may not be disqualified as we run this race. We have talked about Stephen Aquari, who stood for his nation, Tanzania. But we have one who is called Stephen in the book of Acts. That Stephen, persec uh, 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 Stephen was persecuted. Stephen underwent a lot of persecution, but he stood firm for Jesus. And the Bible says that Stephen endured to the end. And when he looked up to heaven, the Bible says he saw the glory of God and Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of God. That Stephen was applauded by Jesus himself because of standing firm. Are we going to stand firm? Are we going to look to Jesus? Are we going to hold on? even as we continue in this race. The third thing that I want to mention is focus. Verses 2, the Bible says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Where is your focus as you're running the race? Was it, what is it that stands an, an, as an obstacle or distracts you in the course of running the race? We are told that we should fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. That the moment we lift our eyes and fix our eyes unto Jesus, we are going to make it in this uh, race. We are in a season of Easter where we are celebrating the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus suffered. In this life, he was burdened with the weight of our sin. He took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. He suffered shame. He was despised and rejected by men. Yet he persevered to the end. What a great example. What a great example, brethren, that we can learn. That our Lord Jesus Christ persecuted to the end. He was despised. He underwent painful moments because of you and me. And the Bible says glory. We, we, glo we glory because he has won the battle. He has won the victory. And the Bible says let us fix our eyes on him. And we are looking unto him because he endured and he conquered to the end. With him being tortured to death and him being on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And he's now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And he, went th he underwent through the worst pain so that we can have again. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, let us then approach the throne of God with confidence. Why? Because at the cross, after Jesus uttered the loud cry, this is what he said. That the temple, the curtain of the temple was torn into two. And so we have the ability of approaching the throne of God with confidence. Verses 4 to verses 11 talks about discipline. And it starts by asking, do we struggle with sin? In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. The heroes of faith shed their blood. Our Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for you and me. And we are being told that in your struggle against sin, in my struggle against sin, I have not reached to that point. And so they are encouraging us to encourage us to continue running the race like Jesus Christ did, and he did not give up. 
It says that God disciplines us because he loves us as his sons and daughters. Therefore, we ought to endure hardship and discipline. And discipline is never easy. When we are going through moments of discipline, it's never easy. It is painful. Actually, verses 11 says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Revelation 3.19 says, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be honest and repent. God disciplines us for our good. He disciplines, he disciplines us so that we may share in his holiness. And one thing that I captured is that suffering and discipline causes us to draw near to God. There is something about suffering that detaches our love from the things of this world. And it places our focus on God. Nearly at the moment, the entire world, because of the COVID-19 pandemic, has its focus on God. We have come to the realization that nothing can be a solution to us other than trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ. And an encouragement to you this uh, afternoon is that as we go through the discipline of our Lord, may we endure. Because after we go through the discipline, after we go through the hardship, we are going to gain something that is of eternity. And how do we respond to discipline? Some of us, we accept it with resignation. Some of us with self-pity. Some of us, we are resentful and we are angry towards God. But others, we accept it gratefully, knowing that everything worked together for good. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level parts your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Renew your spiritual vitality. Are you feeling weary? Are you feeling that I'm going to give up? Are you feeling that this race has been too tough for me? We are being told, rise up, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. 2 Corinthians 4 verses 8 says, We are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Glory be to Jesus. That may we draw strength from the Lord and arise again so that using our growing strength, we can encourage those around us, those who are weak and struggling, for them to find encouragement in the Lord. How will you respond to this message today? How will you respond to that faith that endures? How will we gain that faith that is going to endure? My prayer for you is from the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23. That the Bible encourages us, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Even though you're going through a tough moment, even though the times are really, we are in a crisis even as a nation and the nations of the world. One thing that we are holding on to this morning, for uh, this afternoon, for us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are holding on to the fact that he is telling us he has promised that he is faithful. May we hold on to our faith. And probably for you, who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, where would you run to? 
my call and my plea to you this afternoon. May you desire to accept the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ during this Easter season where we are reminded today that Jesus Christ is alive. Is he alive in your heart? May the Lord guide us. May the Lord help you to desire Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And this afternoon we are saying that because Jesus lives, because he is alive, no matter what situations that you may be facing, even the COVID pandemic, we are saying because Jesus is alive, we can face tomorrow. Amen. Yes, we can face tomorrow. To you watching me, I'm saying because Jesus is alive, we can face tomorrow. May we bow down for a word of prayer. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise and we give you honor. We thank you, Father, for reminding us, dear Lord, that we ought to have faith that endures. It may not be easy. Sometimes you go through, through trials. We go through temptations, oh God. But Father, you say that count it all joy when we go through su such trials and temptations. Because through it, there is the testing of our faith that, that brings endurance. And I pray in the name of Jesus, be that there is somebody listening to me, Father. Someone listening to my voice this afternoon. Father, and they are going through times of trial. May they not give up. But I pray that they may hold on because great is the reward that you have in store for us. And for that one who is not born again, the one who may be looking at the world and seeing it as hopeless, how I pray that they may find hope in the risen Christ who is our Lord Jesus Christ. As we celebrate Easter, I pray may Christ be so much alive in their hearts and may they desire to give their lives to Jesus. We bless you, Father, and we I surrender Give me faith To trust what you say That you're good And your love is great I'm broken inside I give you my life